Matiz, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Right. So tell us a bit about yourself because you've got such a, a mix. So tell us a bit about your background. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Dallas, Texas, the United States. And uh, my father is from Algeria and my mother is from Tunisia, but they met in California. Um, and then they moved to Texas shortly before I was born. Wow, so you've got like a, a lovely mix there of, uh, of cultures. Um, have you been able to connect to those, uh, to those roots? Yeah, you know, where I grew up in Dallas, I did not have too many friends from my parents' um, ethnicity. Um, most of the friends I had were from Sudan, Somalia, um, Bangladesh, Pakistan. Um, so I did grow up around a lot of diversity, but there was always a little bit of um, sort of the diaspora experience of being a little removed from your parents' home country. Um, and I, I give credit to my parents for prioritizing that they passed down Islam to us, me and my brothers. Alhamdulillah, um, we were very attached to our, our masjid. My father was very involved. Um, the only thing missing is a little bit of the, the cultural understanding, the language. But inshallah, I'm going to Algeria next week. So oh, wow. I'm looking forward to reconnecting. Haven't been there in 13 years. Oh, wow. That's very, very exciting. Hope you have a safe trip, inshallah. And you, you must tell us how you get on. That's so exciting. Yeah. In, in the U.S., um, you know, what's it like growing up there? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you get asked this, but what's it like growing up in the U.S. As, as a Muslim? I think that it really depends on the community that you're a part of. Um, the U.S. is so vast that, like, an experience in Texas is vastly different than an experience in New York or California or Florida. Um, and even within Dallas, uh, there's many different communities, like, pocketed all over the city. And the community that I was a part of was very, very strong. Um, I spent all my weekends at the masjid. I spent my Ramadan nights at the masjid, summer nights at the masjid. And um, in, in the U.S., many masjids are almost like, like a full-service community center, where it's not just a place you go to pray, but a place you go to play basketball, a place yeah. you have picnics, a place you connect with friends, family. And so um, I would really characterize my childhood as spending a lot of time in the masjid. And I think that was, um, that was very good for my upbringing, alhamdulillah. And you've got brothers, you mentioned. How mm -hmm. many brothers do you I have? I have four younger brothers. MashaAllah. And it's nice to hear that there is a strong community there. Mm -hmm. Now, you live in New York now. Mm -hmm. So how different is that um, from Texas? Yeah, uh, New York is very different. Um, uh, I like to tell people New York is more similar to London and other international cities than it is to cities within the same country in the United States. Um, and one of the biggest differences is the, the density of New York City. Mm. No other city in the United States matches the density that New York City has. Um, in Dallas, typically, you know, you're driving everywhere you want to go. Um, very sp far spread out neighborhoods. Everyone has like a huge lawn. And so... Um, it's it was it's very exciting to be in New York now just because like I feel, as soon as I step out the door like I see all the energy I see people working people going to um, you know to the park whatever it is but I really love that energy and I feed off of it in my own work. That's fantastic and and obviously there are lots of um, historic things um, you know the the big um, tarawih. 
mm-hmm. um, that took place um, yeah. over in New York. Um, yeah. You know, it, it kind of like made it big in the news because yeah, you yeah. know it, it's so huge. You know, how important is it um, to make things like that visible? You mm. know, especially to non-Muslims. Yeah, you know, I think um, one thing that I was a part of was um, distributing food during Ramadan. Um, even while we were fasting, we would go to the parks and distribute um, free meals to people. And um, I think acts of service are the best way to really get your name out there, to, to spread a good um, vision of Islam. Um, you know, people would ask us, who are you a part of, right? You know, you're giving free food. People want to know, like, what's this from? Who's, this, who's this from? And so we say, this is from the Islamic Center. And you just see, like, you know, their face light up. And some of them say, oh, mashallah, they know some words. Oh, wow. Um, wow. So, yeah, you know, and Muslims in, in New York City, they have a huge influence. If you look at, um, you know, it's something that I touched in my documentaries were the, the halal food scene. Yes. And not, not like just restaurants, but the halal carts that are all over the city. Uh, if you ask any New Yorker, um, they'll think that halal means rice with chicken and gyro <laughs> right. over it um, and a bunch of white sauce. <laughs> so that kind of influence also is good because people... Um, people realize, you know, Muslims are hard workers. They're uh, people who like to feed others, people who like to serve others. And uh, alhamdulillah, I think that um, the the vision of Islam and how people perceive Muslims is is, is getting better. Mm, no, I, no, absolutely. It's it's it's, uh, it's so much fun when you're discovering mm-hmm. something, yeah. and and everything at its core is the passion for storytelling mm-hmm. in how would you describe um, your work you know it's like uh, if someone was not very familiar with with your yeah. work how would you describe it yeah so I like to um, tell stories about Muslim communities and so each video each documentary that I make I go to a specific place like a city or a region and you know, try to tell an, a, a good overall story. So when you watch it, you feel like you know what's going on in that Muslim community. So typically that entails talking to community leaders, talking to the elders, to the youth, talking to scholars and to um, regular people who pray at the masjid, um, showing the big masajid, showing the halal restaurants, and um, just sort of like, you know, my inspiration is Anthony Bourdain. And uh, I loved when, just like sitting at home, I could feel like I was in a different place. I could really feel like I understood what was happening there, um, almost as if I had traveled there myself. And so that's what I try, that energy is what I try to bring to my series. And you've been to quite a few places. Were there any standouts for you that you think, I will always remember this? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and Philadelphia is, is the place for me. And uh, you know, go, before going to Philadelphia, there was it was sort of a black box for me. I had, I, I really had no idea what the Muslim community of Philadelphia yeah. was like. Mm. Um, and you know, there's there's a sort of disconnect between the the suburban immigrant Muslim community and the urban African American Muslim community. Um, so much so that in fact, people don't really know what's happening at all. Like there's there's no contact. Wow. And so people would be telling me like, oh, all they knew about Philadelphia was it was dangerous. And so they would tell me, well, watch out when you're over there, you know, you might get shot or something. Um, And, you know, people said said that with all seriousness. And, you know, I took their um, advice, but I also, you know, went with an open mind. And what I found was that the people in Philadelphia were the most welcoming and genuine people I had met. Um, 
you know, the, the one sheikh in particular, Sheikh um, Dr. Tahir Wyatt, uh, he was actually, he's born and bred in Philadelphia and he went to the Islamic University in Medina and he became, um, you know, he graduated with the top honors and he became the first Westerner to teach in the English language in, the, in Medina. And so he, he moved back to Philadelphia and he was the one who really just welcomed me. He said, the first time I met him, he's, he pulled up in his SUV. He said, get in the car. I'm going to show you around. Oh, wow. And, uh, and he had never met me and, and we had never spoken before. So he was just like so nice. He took me to different communities. He took me to areas that you know, were really dangerous where they were doing anti-violence initiatives. Um, he took me to Aqiqa uh, of a, you know, a Senegalese brother. You know, we just pulled up and you know, they're, they're having celebrations. They served us, you know, some of the most delicious um, goat chops. Nice. Um, and yeah, just like that community was so special. Mm -hmm. As a storyteller, what excites you? What is a good story for you? Man, um, <laughs> I feel like there's just so many good stories out there, mm -hmm. you know, like especially like in the Muslim community, mm -hmm. we haven't really touched on the vast diversity of stories we could tell. Mm -hmm. um, for example, one thing that I recently did, um, I made like a, a, a Instagram reel, TikTok about this masjid um, that is, it's in the back of a huge garage for halal carts. And so you walk through the halal carts like a maze, and then you go up these stairs, and then suddenly you see this big musalla. And, um, you know, it kind of went a little viral on Instagram. And uh, I think people were just really shocked to see that um, just, you know, a few minutes from Times Square, one mm -hmm. of the busiest areas of the Gosh, city. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like this hidden little masjid. Mm -hmm. And so I think stories like that where, you know, you show how Muslims are making do with whatever situation they're in. Um, just exciting and like cultural, um, sh showing the culture of how Muslims adapt to wherever they are. Mm. And I, I think see, those type of stories are really fascinating for me. Yeah, no, it's, I, I can just see like, you know, like, oh my God, yeah, exciting. <laughs> in, in terms of, do you have a bucket list? And if so, can you share some of what's in your bucket list? Yeah, so, you know, I'm still pretty early on in my journey, mm. alhamdulillah. Um, like uh, like you said, I've done a few. I've done several videos in mm. the East Coast, mostly of the United States, and right now I'm in the middle of a trip for my first international trip. So I'm here in London, alhamdulillah. Um, I'll be going to Algeria, Istanbul, and Kuala Lumpur. Oh wow! Yeah. So you're going thousands of miles away. Yeah. Wow! I'm really excited. Yeah, we were speaking earlier on about. Um, you know, like what would be like your dream project, your mm -hmm. vanity project where, you know, you're like no holds barred on, on budget or anything like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Can you share with us what it would be? Sure. You know, um, I, there's two places that are definitely on my mind when it comes to that. And I don't know when it would be possible, how I'm going to do it, but I know that I want to do it. And so the first place would be um, the Mauritanian Desert. And I had a friend who studied there. He, he went to a Quran school there where he, um, he was already a hafiz, but he had aspirations to like, you know, really nail down his hifth. And so there's the schools there where you have to write the Quran on a, on a, on a stone tablet. Oh, wow. And so you have to write it from memory. And uh, 
So he, he went to one of those schools and he spent almost a year there and the stories he told me were fascinating. Um, almost living like how they lived in the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu time. You know, very, very little has changed. And so um, going to a place like that and like showing how people live, how you know, the scholars have maintained this tradition for, th for over a thousand years, um, that would be an interesting story to tell. Mm. Um, another one that comes to mind is uh, Dagestan. I really want to go to, um, you know, I have, I have a, a I'm very fond of, you know, the, the Dagestani fighters who have such a strong, um, you know, faith, have such mm -hmm. strong uh, adherence to, to tradition. People like Habib, um, another brother um, I met personally once, um, Zabit Magomed Sharapov, he's also from there. And, uh, you know, they, 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 when you meet them, they have such a strong presence, like they're, like they're fully in control of, of their body, their, their, their inner and outer, you know, you can, you can just tell, like, they got their nefs on lock. And subhanAllah, um, it's really inspiring to meet those type of people. And so I kind of want to go to Dagestan and, like, you know, I've seen some photos, some videos of, like, how they live in villages, hanging off cliffs in the <laughs> mountains. And I'm very curious about how they were able to raise such strong people. Mm. And I want, to, I want to kind of get to the bottom of that. That would be epic. Yeah. Those two are absolutely epic. And, and I think, um, inshallah, you, you get to do those projects and we inshallah. look forward to watching. Um, in terms of filmmaking and, you know, there are always challenges, right? You know, when, mm -hmm. you, when you make things. Have you ever faced any challenges when, when you are producing and making your documentaries? Yeah, um, there was, uh, you know, in, in the Muslim community, oftentimes we have sort of an aversion to being on camera, mm -hmm. to telling our stories. And that's one of the things that um, I've struggled with in the past is trying to convince people to, you know, I know they have a fascinating story, but, you know, I want you, I want you to share it. Um, and I think part of it is just like, you know, for example, when I was in doing the Northern Virginia documentary, which mm -hmm. was an area just outside of Washington, D.C., where there's a huge Muslim population. There was one community where um, I, I walked into the masjid, as I usually do, take some B-roll of the, the musalla, and um, as soon as I get in the door, I see people, you know, rushing toward me, telling me to call, turn my camera off. Mm -hmm. And um, I hear voices, oh, there's somebody with a camera. Oh, he, must, he might be a spy. Oh, no. And, um, and at first I was really taken aback because I hadn't experienced that before. Um, but then I found out that, you know, I, I, I researched it more and I talked to people with a camera off mm -hmm. and I found out that they have a strong um, history of spies trying to get into their masjid. Wow. Uh, many who they've exposed um, mm -hmm. or even the spy himself came forward and said, you know, yeah, I've been here for years on behalf of the FBI. Wow. Um, and, you know, it's just outside of Washington, D.C. where there's sort of like the you can feel the government hanging like a cloud around that area. Mm -hmm. uh, whenever you're there, you, you, you can feel it. And I think that those people in that community, and I don't fault them for that at all mm -hmm. after I learned their story, um, but it's hard sometimes to get Muslims to open up about mm -hmm. their stories. Mm -hmm. Going back to what you do, that's, that's the kind of thing that you do, right? You're yeah. celebrating that. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, you know, the, the original... Um, original mission that I had when I started doing this, even when I was just going to small local restaurants with a rented you know, camera from school, I always had the vision of telling Muslim stories so that when we, so we learn about each other, and then when we learn about each other, we learn to appreciate each other, and we see each other as our brother, our sister. 
Um, a lot of times when we're stuck in a community of people that are just like us, we have prejudice about others. Mm-hmm. And um, my hope is that when I go to these different places and I show what's going on and I show like not just names but faces mm-hmm. and let people tell their stories, that you will feel that, you know, that affection for your brother and sister in Islam. And no matter what culture they come from, no matter what language they speak, you'll, you'll see how we all have the same adherence to this faith, how we have the same um, practices like fasting, praying. We all worship Allah and we follow our um, leader Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And when you see that how much we have in common, then everything else is just, you know, it, it doesn't matter anymore. You know, it's more of like, you know, exciting and interesting rather than different and something you don't want to be, um, you know, associated with. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And, and I suppose what's really nice is that we have role models for younger people. Um, I think earlier we were talking about like, you know, um, I was inspired by, by Oprah mm-hmm. because, you know, it's nice to see someone who's a person of color mm-hmm. on the screen. And, and now, like, you know, we have quite a multitude of, of content makers, mm-hmm. uh, film directors, filmmakers, mm-hmm. writers and everything coming yeah. from different backgrounds, actually particularly Muslims. And there's more visibility, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, how important is that to you? And, that, and also this is going to be part of your legacy. It's, it's very important um, because if we don't tell our stories, then nobody will. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, Anthony Bourdain was one of my biggest um, inspirations. He showed me, you know, so many different parts of the world and how to be curious about different cultures and to be open. Um, but as, you know, as I grew up and I started to make my own videos and I started to watch his work with a more critical eye and mm-hmm. read his books, um, something I did notice was that I felt like he didn't do justice to Muslim communities, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think that's something that's very common in the West is to to look at society from a cultural lens and to, you know, you can be very open to culture, but sometimes in the West, they try to skip over the part where Islam affects our identity mm-hmm. and how we see our faith. Um, and I don't think that's possible. I think that to truly connect with Muslims and Muslim cultures, you have to you have to meet them and understand that our devotion to our faith. And so I felt like, you know, I just felt like nobody could do that justice but a Muslim. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I had to take that step forward. I totally agree. I mean, like this morning I was reading an article about um, about the event, the Eden the Square, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the way it was written, um, it wasn't written by a Muslim person mm-hmm. because um, when they were describing the person who was um, doing the Quran recitation, uh, they said um, this person was singing, uh, yeah. and and you know all of that kind of thing. And and I, for me, it's like if I'm consuming that as a Muslim, I know that's not correct. So I will feel a bit like oh, you didn't even bother to kind of like you know say it in the right way. Mm-hmm. But then as a non-Muslim, I think it's even more dangerous because they're getting educated in, in the wrong way, yeah, right? Because yeah. they think that that person who's reciting Quran is singing. Yeah, yeah. So I think you're right. You know, it's, it's like it's part of making the storytelling more accurate. Yes, yes, mm. definitely. So we, we talked about that and also like, you know, in, in terms of legacy, let's let's kind of like dig, dig a little d- deeper, you know, um, when you're when you've won all of your Pulitzers and everything, right? Inshallah. 
So, for for your legacy, how would you like people to remember you by? I, I want people to remember my work as something that brought communities together, that brought Muslims together, that built unity in a world that is um, so so full of problems and disagreements and and infighting, and you know a lot of seeing that in my childhood really motivated me to work towards unity as an ideal. Um, and I think that's the undercurrent in most of my work in doing documentaries is just wanting to, to, to bring people together, to show through our differences, we realize actually how much we have in common. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if people, you know, I don't, I don't personally even want to be in my documentaries that much. Although people like they tell me like to build a platform, you have to make sure that you're in the videos and stuff. But um, personally, I think the story is the people, mm-hmm. and I want to 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 make videos that just last for a while on the internet, where someone can can like you know I watched Anthony Bourdain stuff after he passed away. Wow, and interesting. So interesting. I didn't know about him before that, mm-hmm. and so you see how his legacy you know affected me to want mm-hmm. to do something. Mm. Um, and so that's kind of what I want to do is like leave something on the internet that you know somebody will pick up their TV remote, watch a documentary about Libya, and feel like, wow, like you know I have I have a, there's brothers and sisters that I have in Libya, and this is this is how they live, this is what they eat, this is what their culture is like, mm. and uh, if I ever meet a Libyan now I know something about them and I'll, I'll welcome them as a brother yeah. or a sister, and I think that's the type of legacy that I would like to leave. Fantastic. And what would your advice be to budding storytellers out there? What would you tell them? I think, um, you know, just pick up a camera, pick up a pencil and, and, be, and talk to people. Be curious. Um, you, know, you don't have to be the most expert writer, the most expert, you know, editor of videos. Um, all you need to do is to be curious. Mm-hmm. Um, be open minded. Listen to people. Listen to what they truly have to say. Um, you know, it's never worked when I went to a place hoping to do a documentary with a preconceived notion of the place. Mm-hmm. Because every time that has happened, every time I thought I knew something based on my desk research, I get there and it's, I realize that I was completely wrong. And so, you know, you can never, you know, pe- people think that when they read online that, that they truly understand something. But in my experience, that hasn't been the case. I think you need to talk to people. You need to, you need to go meet people. And that's when you truly will understand what other perspectives are like. Mm. And what would you say in this part of your journey so far would be your key takeaways that you will take with you up until that end of the journey? Um, I think the key takeaways, firstly, I'll be grateful that I started. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's so many other paths I could have taken, mm-hmm. you know, like we talked about, like becoming mm-hmm. an engineer or something. Yeah. And um, I think definitely be grateful for um, taking that first step. Um, second takeaway I would say is you need to put your work out there. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times people are, are a little shy to put their words, their um, their, wor- their work out there, mm-hmm. whether it's an article, a video, whatever it is, a poem. Um, you need to be able to kind of set that aside a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, separate yourself from the work and just just put it out there mm-hmm. and see what people think about it. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only way to get better. Yeah. You know, my first videos were not great. My first um, writings online were not great. But um, alhamdulillah, you know, you always you, you take step after step and you get better. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Now, absolutely, because it's not about the views. I think this is where a lot of people feel conscious because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it may bomb mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, that looks really bad online. And, mm-hmm. you know, they want this instant hit. Mm-hmm. But there is no such thing as a like overnight success, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've never focused on views personally. I focus on quality. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I'm proud of what I'm putting out there, then I think that the views will get there. Mm-hmm. Well, buddies, keep making the Oma proud. And thank you again so yeah. much for your time. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.